Well, it's April 1st here in New York City, and you know what that means. We're gearing up for the annual New York City April Fool's Day Parade, which brings balloons, bands, fireworks, and floats right into Midtown Manhattan. It's really something worth seeing. It's... Hold on. We're being told there is not actually a New York City April Fool's Day Parade? Just a press release that's gone out every year since 1986. Oh. Well, you know what they say, smart people are the most gullible. Will you be able to figure out how much of this podcast is true? Let's find out. As always, I'm your host, Jacqueline Detweiler, and you're listening to the least useful podcast ever. Our special guest on the podcast today is Nick Mastropasqua, who is the manager of The Club here at Hearst Magazines, which I think is a very intense and maybe scary name for a gym, but that's the name of our I know, very fancy gym. The cafeteria is Cafe 57, but the right. club is just the club. The club. With a bold print font. Yeah. <laughs> it know? sounds like maybe there's some sort of like secret, everyone wears deer horns and there's some sort of like secret woods no, event no, that happens. Not. I don't there know. might be. There might be. There might be. Yeah. Exactly. That's what we're here to talk about. And there's no strobe lights. People also think about the club in a different setting. Oh. You know, I'm like... After we're, hours we're, club. Yeah. We're, we're pretty vanilla. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty basic. Uh, it's a great gym, though. We uh, Both Kevin and I go. Kevin has talked on this podcast about taking buff yoga down there. Oh, yeah. I've heard some... I've heard buff yoga a lot, actually. There was the On It 6 uh, plug, yeah, we had which was great. Six, yeah. So, yeah. I listen, guys. I listen. I know. That's the other thing I wish <laughs> I should say. Nick is a longtime fan of the most useful podcast ever. And is always talking to us about it when we're down there. So this is the least useful podcast ever. It's our special April Fool's episode that we do every year. So we thought of you. And we so, so we naturally <laughs> thought of you. <laughs> I was like, oh, all that begging finally materialized. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this actually, this segment started because you and Kevin were talking about Italian folk remedies yeah, well, in so the gym. I don't mm. remember how this, it was something that you were talking about during a class I was taking, but my fiance is Italian. I'm not. So I've been exposed over the last few years to Italian culture and it's amazing. <laughs> but her family was like really worked up because her dad caught a cold and decided that the way he was going to get well was not to see a doctor or get any kind of cold medicine, but to get a bottle of Anazette that he left on his nightstand and just had a shot of every night before he went to bed. I think it would maybe work. I mean, it sounds like an excuse, but it also sounds like fact, because I think generally speaking, at least old school Italians don't really trust medicine. Uh, my fiance, Laura, she's always saying this. She's like, you know, my dad just doesn't want to go to the doctor. He wants to find anything. So as a full-blooded Italian, yeah. can you explain where does that come from? <sighs> Aside from the obvious thing that we're stubborn, but uh, <laughs> so uh, my story that's similar to yours is... This is getting a little bit gross, but my dad had a <laughs> had a um, toe fungus on his nail. Okay. So I don't know if you guys know what a, a toenail fungus looks like. It's kind of like I've a seen the ad. It's like a Frito yeah. chip. Oh lord, oh, why? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> that's disgusting. So when you so when you see that, you're like, I need to fix this. Right. You know, there is a, yeah. a level of vanity even at the age of seventy four that I need to fix this. And what do you do when you get an old school Italian man, and then you bring him into the new school? And Google, and you find out, well, garlic is an antifungal oh, type thing, okay. right? Aside from a food source. <laughs> um, a very Italian food source, I should. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so there's probably some garlic around. He's like, oh, so, yeah. he's like, just one of the many remedies that garlic Works on vampires of. and also toe fungus. <laughs> How do you apply the garlic to the toe? Oh, so this is where I have nothing but the utmost respect for the patience that my mom has had. And meanwhile, it goes both ways. Trust me. Like- She's no saint either. So he peeled a clove of garlic and sliced it because it needs to be 
you know, exposed and the properties <laughs> need to be ready. And um, he would just rub it on his toenail, right? Because of the antifungal properties. <laughs> now, and it talk about like the night table of these poor Italian men, you know, and then he <laughs> he puts it back on the night table, oh. which, which, you know. His, it's, his it's like a burrito little burrito toe touched garlic. Yeah, so it's a little shot glass that he would put the little. Oh my! Oh, God. He even had a little holder for <laughs> right, it. That's nice. Right, you know, he's got to put it somewhere, and you know, it's just like the elephant in the room. Obviously, is like, yeah, well, the bed started to smell like garlic. Your mother wasn't really a big fan of that. <laughs> so the only kind of logical step was at least the shot glass, the garlic holder, if you will, eventually went out to the kitchen. The only challenge there is. My mom had to remember that that was not, not to use that garlic. garlic. Don't use yeah. the toe don't, garlic. Don't use the toe garlic. <laughs> okay, obviously the question is, did it work? No, I just, <laughs> no. I, I saw him recently and he's like, you know what? It's not a big deal. It's not like I'm going to be sick from it. It's a purely cosmetic thing. And I was like, yeah, good thing. He just stopped and common sense took over and it didn't work. Antifungal, maybe in different applications. And so that's true, but not just. Rubbing it on your toe. <laughs> right. I think, I mean, you'd probably have to make like a garlic paste and like keep your toe in it all the time, maybe, or something. Maybe. I don't know. Or even, the bed, I'm not I a doctor. And like, like, what's the potency of like a, a, a right. garlic yeah. clove? You don't know. <laughs> and Kevin and I were talking before and I'm like, oh no, like, you know, when you start to do something that maybe your parents have done uh-huh. and you're like, oh, what am I doing? Turning into your dad. Oh, so, so you have one. But mine worked. Right. Oh. So. And again, it's going to be gross, Jackie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm here for this. So I, I signed up. Maybe this time last year, I noticed a wart on the bottom of my foot. I'm like, I've never even had a wart before. Don't know really where they come from, what the deal is. I just know it sounds gross and it's universally panned. Universally panned. Right? Like, no one likes a wart. No one's pro yeah. warts. No, no one's yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> right, not. Right? So at first, I'm like, just being lazy. I'm like, you know what? I'm also stubborn. I'm like, it'll just go away. I guess it just doesn't go away. It got a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and the vanity thing kicked in and even just like I share yoga mats with people like mm-hmm. okay there's also that aspect of it there's a responsibility about it so I used Google and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's the mix of the old school and the new school that right really... <laughs> right yeah he's like I don't like medical treatments but I will let the internet tell me what non-medical <laughs> right. treatments yeah. to use so so I saw there was a couple things about putting duct tape on your foot that wrap it up. Maybe it suffocates it. I don't know. Maybe it's the glue and duct tape. Who knows? But duct tape, just add that to the list of curls for duct tape. <laughs> but there's also tea tree oil, right? So big proponent of Dr. Bronner's mm-hmm. complete oh, yeah. line. Oh, yeah. Right? So they have a tea tree oil shampoo, body wash type thing. And um, I've only seen benefits from that with different type of skin type things. Skin typing. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, tea tree oil, Dr. Bronner's, there's some like recognition there. There's some, and then Google with duct tape. Okay. So what I ended up doing was a little cotton ball would uh, saturate that with tea tree oil. And then I would use the duct tape and duct tape my foot basically. So you use the Dr. Bronner's soap or did you use the, like an actual tea tree actual oil? Actual tea tree oil. Oh. Yeah. Which you buy tea everywhere. tea tree oil is pretty yeah. strong stuff, I hear. Yeah. yeah. And for that reason, I, I actually didn't buy any kind of diluted one. I'm like, if I'm going to do this and deal with the tea tree oil like going smell. Going all in on the tea tree oil. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, over time, it did get smaller and smaller. 
there's days when I'm not doing tea tree oil, I'm just going to duct tape. So I was, that was my own little chemist. It wasn't a scientific <laughs> approach. <laughs> right? Like I said, if there's a hidden camera and like in your apartment and you see the things that you do afterwards, like you watch your own episode of yourself. Like, like a sped up. Yeah. Real, like, what yeah. am I doing? That man is crazy. <laughs> that is what it's like the first thing that happens before you like have a breakdown and you're like chopping down a telephone pole in the street and you end up in like <laughs> yeah. a thing. Yeah. Like he's duct, duct taping his foot. That guy but it worked. You said it worked. It did work. And that's where I went back and I was like, ah, all right. So. There you, is, you might there, be you're on the path there, to trying the garlic. There, there is a little bit of like a some middle ground between folklore and modern well, sure. I mean, modern there science. Were, there yeah. were treatments before. I'm actually we're Kevin and I are both reading the same book right now because we have an office book club, and it's called Educated, and it's about a woman. It's a memoir of a woman who grew up in a Mormon like a family that does not subscribe to modern medicine, does not subscribe to, they, they didn't go to school. They just like worked in the fields basically and, and did like junk work, that kind of stuff, contracting. And the kids like never took any drugs, but they would take tinctures and oils yeah, and like things like that. Yeah, the mom would make things. And the thing is like a lot of those things don't work, but aspirin comes from the bark of a willow tree. You know, there's a lot of things that probably are Helpful, but not quite as helpful as like, you know, fast acting, tenactin. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, there's totally a lot of power in essential oils, but mm. you just said willow bark, right? Willow so this bark, is yeah. another thing, right, that we were just talking about when you said anise oh, yeah. and anisette, right? So I guess, well, within licorice, there is the anise flavor. I, I don't really know what that is. Yeah, but... I think anise is the name of the plant that licorice comes from or is made with, is flavored I with. I feel like this is totally unscientific, but I feel well, like I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of different plants that taste like licorice. Am it's I wrong? Like fennel like and anise, like star anise. Fennel, or anise root star or anise. What's the, uh, there's another one too that I am blanking on right now. I mean, so here's the thing though. Absinthe, think, which yeah. is made out of wormwood. That's, yeah, that has oh, the same flavor. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So, but fennel is just the seed of the fennel it's like a bulb. But then, God, we have to look this up. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I just think that like in my mind, the licorice flavor is like the default flavor for plants that don't taste like anything else is they taste like licorice. <laughs> that could very well be true. It's, it's also it's chicken. It's the chicken a, of the plant world. It's the chicken of the plant world. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, but does that have like some sort of chemical well, in it? Or uh, well, there we go again with uh, the Italian guy. It's like, I'm going to chew on a stick. So <laughs> my dad always said, well, after you know, large Italian lunches, there would be a bulb of fennel. And instead of like a uh, fruit, maybe we would eat the fennel because quote unquote, it helps you digest. Like, oh. Okay, fair enough. Right. So he'd gone through some stomach issues, bloating, whatever it was, upset stomach. And I was uh, in a market, Italian market, and I saw the actual in like root form, the Anis fennel, or fennel. The, the fennel root. Uh, and it looks like sticks, mm -hmm. right? So you just stick, you just chew on it. Like an old farmer. And uh, <laughs> and I was like, hey, here you go. And because it was an Italian specialty store, the packaging was Italian. He just innately trusted it. Like, oh, uh, this, right. oh like, this works, yeah, obviously. It's from uh, the motherland. Right, right, yeah, right, right. Well, they have this back home. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, he starts chewing on this thing. Whenever I would see him, it's like a kid with a lollipop. It would be my dad with the licorice root stick in his mouth. And that stick would last like a month. Again, he would... <laughs> like a dog chew toy. It was exactly a dog chew toy. <laughs> and I don't know if he felt any better, but there's something about the compounds within anise and licorice root that 
are supposed to be good for your stomach. So you'll see that in like different teas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, when I didn't get him the stick, he wasn't out there finding it and buying it himself. So I think he just liked. Well, he looked cool. I mean, I, there's yeah, that. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got some cool like treatment from the homeland that looks like. I don't know. It looks like a cigarette puts slash it, puts like it behind thing. his ear just to hold it there a little <laughs> oh, bit. Man. You know, I have like Poor such mom. an amazing image of your dad right now. He, he, he looks like if you like went to Wikipedia and found Italian dad, but now it's Italian <laughs> I hope granddad. There's a page for Italian dad. On there Wikipedia. has to be. You know, like I'm gonna look it up right now. Think, gonna... think about here. Let me paint you a picture. Think about a rugged man of the '80s. He definitely has a mustache. Oh right? yeah, that I was picturing. But, the Italian father, a comedy in five acts. That's what we're looking for. Is my last name on there? <laughs> <laughs> but then you think about like, all right, dads and male pattern baldness, right? So there's male pattern baldness involved. There's the 80s, like really awesome Tom Selleck mustache. And there's just kind of that Italian nose that exists. If mm -hmm. You can look right at my face for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners can't, but imagine an Italian nose. Yeah, there you go. It's kind of like the Italian Mr. Potato Head almost, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I he think, seems adorable. Yeah, he's great. I think, you know, for all the fun we're having with this, like when I found out Laura's dad did this thing with the Anazette, I was like, oh man, your poor mom, that's ridiculous. But I have for sure like had friends who wanted to go out for the night and I'm a little bit sick and I'm like, well, I'll just get whiskey because that'll kill the germs. You oh, know, there's, there's definitely so totally, a lot of like... Yeah, so, you know, like your tea tree oil and duct tape solution, it worked. So I'm pretty sure we're not allowed to give actual medical advice, but I think <laughs> I we may have not. given out some things that some people could consider. Yeah, you know, if you're feeling sick, go to a doctor. But <laughs> if you don't go to a doctor, do whatever you like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, there's some other options out there. You know, you think about the doctor, it's like you have to call the office and see if it works in your work day. There's so many steps. Yeah. Sometimes the ridiculous almost sounds less ridiculous. Right. Especially if it's a malady that's not that serious. You know what I mean? Like a wart. You're like, look, I could go to the doctor and this is going to take a week and I got to call somebody and I got to pay for it. Pay 5%. You're like, or it's not cancer. You know what I mean? I could probably yeah. fix this. Yeah. It, taking off that duct tape in the locker room. I had to find out when nobody was in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, the weird gym manager's taping up his foot with duct tape. Well, know? if the mats start smelling like garlic, I'm going to know whose fault it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to be in there like, what? Has Nick been at this again? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for coming by. Sure uh, thank you for listening for a long time. I hope you continue to listen to our podcast. Oh, for sure. This one especially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, is, this is our favorite. Nothing like listening to your own voice awful. <laughs> <laughs> The name of this segment is Peter and Kevin describe the movie Bird Box to me without having seen it. And I think this started because it was a phenomenon. It was like a cultural juggernaut a couple of months ago. And I hadn't seen it. And you two were too afraid to see it. Like nobody had seen it. I but we been... started talking about it. And then you two started describing the plot somehow. Somebody told me I was probably the last person who didn't understand the plot of this movie. I've never seen it still. I, it turns I out there's start... at least two of us. I started watching it the other night and then stopped. Something happened and I got up and was like, I don't have time to watch this. So I watched like the first, let's say, five minutes of it. Oh, so but you now, should start us off. We'll see, but it's been a while now. I don't remember. Well, the very beginning is she had, oh my God, see, it's been a while since I saw it. She's pregnant. Who is she? Sandy Sandra Bullock. Bullock sorry. <laughs> Sandra Bullock is pregnant, I think. And I don't think the dad's in the picture or whatever. So she's like kind of going to be a single mom or something. And then there is a disease that comes through that it's or maybe it's a disease it's a pl plague of some sort where if you see it then you and she oh she's at the doctor she's at like the hospital getting her checkup appointment because she's pregnant 
And then, like, some lady is, like, staring out the window. And then when she comes back the second time, she's bashing her head against the wall and kills herself. Whoa. Against the window. Because, because she never if you on. see some, whatever it is, then you kill yourself, I think. So then people start killing themselves. And everyone's running around and trying to escape. And they all end up in, like, a cabin thing. But you can hear stuff. You can hear stuff. And that's also, the way I thought there that, were people, in a, I quit was people in a boat at some point. Well, right? so Sandy and her family, they have to get on a boat because they have to ride down the river. But that must be after like an she Oregon has trail. The, <laughs> she must be after she has the kid. Well, no, she has older kids that she's taking. I don't know if they're right, from so I her. Think it's, I think I'm in a flashback when I started it. So, so the bird box disease lasted that outbreak long? started when were... she was pregnant and all the way until she has older kids. There's no way she made it that long. No, I think because she ends up in some sort of like bunker with a bunch of people like the, it's like a is that the bird box see i don't i, I don't think, know what I, think I sort of know what the concept is but i don't understand how birds fit into it at all oh because when you get to the safe place you can hear the birds so they go down the lake the, the river and their boat and they have to be able to hear the birds i feel like you guys just read a description online and that's is it. there I th- also going to have more information is there a car accident oh, too? i feel like i saw <laughs> a, a clip on colbert with the car accident there's a car accident at the very beginning which is i've seen this is useless. which is when we've done well, that this part part right? ever, what do you think it's gonna be are I, you gonna slowly reveal that you watched the whole movie i did not watch the whole movie i uh, and then maybe this exact thing enough, happens i watched there's like there's a car accident I think her sister is driving her or some family member is driving her. See, clearly I was not paying much attention whenever. I think I put it on and started cooking and then turned it off or some sort of stupid thing. And so somebody dies in the car accident. She like scrambles out and ends up in this, like it's one of those big brother style, like 10 people stuck in a room together. Only it's the end of the world. You can't go outside or you'll die. And so I think what happens is there's going to be some drama involved in like how they all managed to survive for seven years or something. They've got like, I think they've got a bunch of food or I don't know if they have. Should we we fact check? Should we live fact check our bird box description? I don't. Sure. We don't want to spoil it. Wait, how does it? It's like a. <laughs> There's it's no like spoilers a here because literally none of us have finished this. Finished this movie or, or really it's like a, it's it. like a pathogen, but you can see it, but it makes you kill yourself. I think it's a monster. It's like a, <laughs> a bunch of monsters. This is horrible. <laughs> you, wait, <laughs> maybe you, it's a flock of bird monsters. I think, and the box is how they trap them to okay. survive. The film follows a woman and a pair of children who must travel through a forest and down a river blindfolded to avoid supernatural entities that cause people who look at them to commit suicide. Supernatural entities. That's like oh. monsters. That's what yeah. I said. Okay. I really <laughs> I thought think, it was like oh, a disease. Oh, I think there's another pregnant woman in the house. So it must be their two kids maybe eventually. Well, those two kids but the don't pregnant have... woman's definitely Sandra Bullock? She's definitely pregnant. Hmm. Can oh, yeah. Can... Five years earlier, a pregnant Mallory Thank you, is visited Peter. by her sister, Jessica. All right. Mass suicides that originated in Russia. How did they last for five years? See, now you got to watch it. No. Scary. Don't. Not interested. Don't tell people what actually happens. That's not the point of it. I just this. don't want to watch it because it's not good. What and was the bird box? <laughs> he goes, I just want to watch it because it's not good. And uh, <laughs> no, I was going to ask, I was gonna ask, what's the bird box challenge? Well, that's the best, though. I mean, it's stupid. People what, were doing it. You in, just walk around blindfolded? But they would, like, put it on their kids, and the kids would run into walls. And, and they was, would do it, but, like, too. Do you give them, like, would, a task? To try to get across the kitchen or something. Yeah, but then people were, like, the authorities were got online, and they were, like, don't do that. It was Because you'll dumb. injure yourself, and you're stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And but, then everyone was, like, don't do the Bird Box Challenge. Like, I knew that Bird Box was going to be a big deal when people here in the office in New York City were talking about it. And then, like, my college roommate, who is a dancer who lives in L.A., was telling me about it, and also my mom, who lives in Florida and doesn't know like anything out of four about it. Yeah. I was just like, if all of these different <laughs> segments of people, I mean, all we need is like a farmer somewhere and like a couple other sort of retiree, and that's pretty much everybody. So is it the case now that if you make a hashtag of whatever, 
and you just put the word challenge at the end, just everybody will do it. Probably. Oh, yeah, because it was the Momo challenge, but no one did that. I don't know what that is. What's Momo challenge? That was all the, a bunch of, I don't even know. It was like, I wanted to, I was going to say the media, but I don't disparage the media because that's us. Because yeah. we used to um, be a part of it. It was just kind of like a combination of stupid internet stories and. Oh, at the end they tell you to kill yourself. Yeah, but it's not real. It was never real. Yeah. It was like a hoax based on a Japanese artist sculpture that was kind of creepy. And so they were like, look at this creepy sculpture. This creepy sculpture is a monster that is inserting itself into YouTube videos for children and telling them to kill themselves. But that was like not a thing. It's kind of like, remember when we were kids and the evening news and your parents would always be freaking out about like, they're butt chugging now. They're, yeah. Everyone's butt chugging. And you'd be like, literally no one is butt chugging. It's like that. All right, should we end this segment? Yeah, we should. And that's Bird Box. <laughs> and that's uh, that's been Bird Box. Yep. It's time again for your favorite segment. The world is flat facts. Oh. The world is flat facts. I'm ex- well. Is, are they facts? Well, what I will share with you. Are facts, which are <laughs> what is featured on the Flat Earth Society's wiki pages, which Ooh. is where they. And my favorite section is the frequently asked questions. I bet there are where some. Where they parry some questions. So, I mean, to back up, the Flat Earth Society and World is Flat people believe that the Earth is not a globe, that it is, in fact, a flat disk. So the North Pole is at the center, and then Antarctica is an ice wall. That surrounds the entire keeps the water from falling off. <laughs> yeah. That sounds it's very a, Game of Thrones. It surrounds the oceans. It does. Yeah, and then all of the um, continents are just displayed in the middle. And the reason that quote unquote circumnavigation is possible is because you just sail around this this flat disk. And they say that um, <laughs> I don't think it works like that. Beyond the <laughs> I'm surprised they even bothered to, to get to the, the circumnavigation part. Is a topic of great interest to the Flat Earth Society. <laughs> Because to their knowledge, no one has been very far past the ice wall and returned to tell of their journey. Wait, what does that some mean? People have, Somebody's have been partially been a little far? bit far. I mean, that's that's what they say. But no one's been very far, very past? far, and and returned to tell. So, but how far has someone gotten? Well, past they it? wouldn't know because they haven't returned to tell. Wait, but they don't think that's space. So this is what I want to share with you guys. Okay. I want, if you'll allow me, I would just like to read the entire entry to the answering the question. People have been into space. How have they not discovered that the Earth is flat? Notice the framing of that question. Uh-huh. How have they not discovered that the Earth is flat? Yeah. Not Has that not proven that the Earth is round? Right. And so they say, the most commonly accepted explanation of this is that the space agencies of the world are involved in a conspiracy oh, faking space travel and exploration. This likely began during the Cold War's space race in which the USSR and USA were obsessed with beating each other into space to the point that each faked their accomplishments in an attempt to keep pace with the other's supposed achievements. Since the end of the Cold War, however, the conspiracy is most likely motivated by greed rather than political gains, and using only some of their funding to continue to fake space travel saves a lot of money to embezzle for themselves. In light of the above, (laughs) please note that we are not suggesting that space agencies are aware that the Earth is flat and actively covering that fact up. They depict the Earth as round simply because that is what they expect it to be. That's the entire answer. I mean, I guess I would have assumed that there'd be some overlap between moon landing faker conspiracy theorists and the Earth is mm-hmm. flat conspiracy theorists. But like, so they're one and the same is what you're saying. I mean, they they would have to be like, if you right. if you believe that the Earth is 
flat, you would also have to believe that no one's ever been into space and has truly seen the Earth. Because just seeing like the Earth from different angles would imply that it is not a round disk. I mean, I guess it's a better explanation than like, oh, it's a trick of the light. Right. There's also a section about why other planets are round, but the Earth is oh, not. Oh, I was going to say. Wait, it's because, that part? Yes. It's because the Earth is at the center of the solar system and everything mm. rotates around the Earth, including the sun. I mean, I think that's at the heart of this, mm-hmm. isn't it? Is it like if you believe that the Earth is round and we're just like you have to, a there's marble. There's so many things. Right. You, yeah. have, you kind of have to admit that we're not the center of right. existence. And that's a, probably upsetting to people, mm-hmm. yes? Yes. Wow. As Galileo would know. Although, right. <laughs> although, why does being at the center of the universe not mean that the Earth would not be round also? Like, well, they think space is flat or like it's a snow globe hemispherical also, shape? Also, gravity does not work the way that we believe it does. That's part of it, too. Did you read about the quarter they... thing? Isn't there some kind of like if you drop a quarter in an airplane or something like that? I didn't get to that. I did get to like... They... <laughs> well, the I have airplane questions. Oh, like related like, to this or just? Yeah. Don't people say that one of the easiest ways to disprove flat earth theories is A, to get an airplane and you can see the curvature of the earth mm-hmm. at certain mm-hmm. altitudes. And then also B, that the times between destinations are different based on where you're flying and whether you follow the curvature of the earth. And they should be able to figure that out. So, wh- what... so the times, I think, is answered. I didn't actually read this specifically, but I think it's answered by their contention that acceleration and gravity don't work the way that we think they do, that everything is always accelerating, always. And that's just a fact hmm. of a fact. In of, what way? Like the earth is just accelerating all the time. Toward what? Uh, who knows? <laughs> But the thing about seeing the curvature of the Earth is they claim that you would only start to see that once you get above 40,000 feet and airplanes don't fly above 40,000 feet. Oh, I see. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wow. We should say, I guess, maybe that we're all in a book club that's reading Tara Westover's Educated. Yes. Which I think is relevant here in a weird way because it seems like... Yeah, once you start to question something, you can question everything. Right. It seems to me the way conspiracy theories work is if you stop trusting things you haven't seen Mm -hmm. and you don't trust anyone, Mm -hmm. then you can get really out there really quickly. But then why do you trust the flat earthers? Well, because they're on the side of truth and justice. The top side of the flat earth. Probably just because that's what there was before, right? (laughs) Like, what's on the bottom of the disc? (laughs) I want to know. Big question here. Yeah. I know. Does this look like the bottom of a pizza? I feel like it's or, got roots, isn't that? It always did, goes like did down. Did any of you the... guys ever read Discworld by Terry Pratchett? No. Is it cool? It is cool. Tell but us it, about it. like it's it's uh, science fiction, like fantasy. But in that, I believe, if I remember correctly, the Earth is on top of the back of a giant tortoise, and like that's like, and it's I think it's flat. Is that when it's turtles all the way down? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. Is there a conspiracy theory that either of you is it's your favorite, and that would be yours that you'd be inclined to believe if you? were inclined to believe a conspiracy theory? That's a good question. I got to think for a second. Do you have one? Hmm. I do have a favorite. It's not <laughs> that I would be inclined to believe it, but it's, I just love it. Uh-huh. The Denver International Airport. Have you guys heard about oh, this? Oh, yeah, yeah. This, okay. That's a good one. It's a good Wait, one. Wait, I don't know this one. So some people believe that Denver's airport, which was built, I think, like 24 years ago, is an Illuminati hub. <laughs> and like, what I will grant to that is that the Denver airport is like, weird like it's got that huge blue horse statue like as you're driving up and it's got like these glowing red eyes looking and Uh it killed its sculptor it killed its sculptor like a a little bit fell off its head and like i think severed an artery in his leg and like he he died very dramatically wow 
But then also the airport itself, like there are some very strange murals. And then there are all these like symbols on the floor that people... Because all the restaurants are on like the second floor, which is weird. You're right, Jackie. That's the same. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's that when I go in there, I'm like, oh, not all, all the way. But I was looking into that just now. And in January, they are in, sorry, in February of this year, they are like embracing the conspiracy theory. Oh my God. And they already had gargoyles like inside the airport because I guess like historically gargoyles protect structures. But they installed a talking gargoyle. And um, <laughs> when you approach it, it like starts talking. It's like animatronic. Um, and it says, welcome to Illuminati headquarters. I mean, Denver International Airport. <laughs> and, and it also says that it's 243 years old, which the first Illuminati meeting was apparently in Bavaria in 1776. Wow. So it just that feels like a dad joke, like come to life. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, everybody needs to get media exposure. And if you've <laughs> yeah. already been outed as an Illuminati headquarters, you might as well run Lean with into it, right? it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't subscribe to the moon landing faker theory, but there's this great documentary about the movie The Shining. I think uh -huh. it's it's called like Room 243, whatever the room number is in The Shining. If you've seen The Shining, that yeah. is like the haunted room. But basically, the idea behind this documentary is that there is this group of people that think Stanley Kubrick was such a filmmaking genius that like every inch of every frame of one of his movies must be purposeful. And these people have read coded messages into The Shining. And I think in the documentary, there's like four different people that each have like their own specific theory of what The Shining is actually about that they explain over the course of the documentary. And one of the people's theories is that Stanley Kubrick, because of his filmmaking prowess, was recruited to make the fake moon landing videos. And The Shining is his confession, like in code. I've heard this which before. Is, it's fantastic. What? Yeah. But how? Like, how is it a confession? I don't remember that part. I mean, that, that's the thing. That's the thing that's so crazy to me is it's like people are like, no, you couldn't possibly follow this like intricate scientific theory. But then they like develop their own mm -hmm. intricate, crazy theory. Yeah. Larry Wilmore, I'm going to butcher this. Because he's talked about conspiracy theories on his podcast, both, I think, probably about just the way we all talk about politics right now. But he's like had guests where they've talked about like the Kennedy assassination mm -hmm. stuff. And he has some formulation about why he just always rejects conspiracy theories. And it's something like people who believe conspiracy theories always want you to reject the probable but swallow whole the impossible or something mm -hmm. like that. Where he's like, they want you to reject things that take small leaps, but then take a huge leap with them. Yeah. Which is yeah. so true and a yeah. very weird phenomenon. Also, my thing about conspiracy theories is they always assume, like, for example, like the 9-11 conspiracy theories, which we should talk about because mm. uh, Popular Mechanics. It's one of our expertise. I was going to say, Popular Mechanics published a book about this years yeah. ago that we still get letters about. I, still get, I got an email that. about it last week. I got a phone call. Oh, Did really? Not last week, but I don't know, probably a year ago. My thing with that is always like, have you ever been in a business that could keep anything quiet? Yeah. Like, if somebody's getting laid off, Everybody knows. Mm -hmm. Do you really think there's an organization that could keep something as big as like a 9-11 conspiracy quiet and no one would know about it? Yeah. There is no way. And it's the same thing with like the world is flat. Like if the world was flat, somebody would have fallen off of it. Somebody <laughs> like people do really stupid stuff. Somebody would have fallen off the world. Yeah. That's actually the, the uh, counter argument that's like most likely to sway me is like people just are bad at keeping secrets. Mm hmm. Especially, like, when the main secret keepers have died and, like, we've moved on. Like, right. Someone's going to find out. And, like, someone's going to not care that much about, like, keeping it a secret. Right. Yeah. Like, the whole Titanic thing. Like, by this point, we would know. Right. 
Wait, what's the Titanic thing? Oh, have you not heard of this? This is Lara's favorite uh, conspiracy theory. The insurance theory. thing, right? Yeah, it was like, I think a bunch of golden age, like big wigs were supposed to be on the Titanic. Like I think JP Morgan and a couple other like big names and they canceled their tickets like last minute. And then there was something else about like the insurance and how it got paid out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they like sunk it themselves. Or that it was like a, a different ship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And that's been uh, the world of splatbacks. <laughs> so Peter doesn't use Google I do, like the I do. rest of the country. He doesn't Google things. He I Google the important stuff. He bings stuff. them. I bing the less important how, stuff. How did this start? It started because I'm cheap. Okay. Because <laughs> bing to try to get people to bing instead of Googling pays you to bing. Basically, they pay, you to they pay you in points, and you can cash those points in for Amazon cards. It's but crazy I, they still do that. Bing's it is, been around for a long time now, right? Right, but I think it's still not super successful, so they have to still do it. Yeah. I mean, I would stop binging if I stopped getting points. Um, right. Stop binging. But I looked, um, I've made like how, 10 bucks a month. Five, really? Five, maybe five bucks a month in Amazon. It's just every time I go to order from Amazon, I usually have enough Bing points to get a $5 off coupon. I or, mean, that's fair, but... For something what, we do every day How much time do you anyway. waste in not getting good search results? Well, when it's something important, like you don't use Bing for an image search. It's worthless. Um, oh. And then when it's something where you you actually need results quickly, then you want Google. <laughs> results just, quickly. Just that Bing never has the best stuff at the top. They misinterpret everything. They give you information <laughs> they think is helpful that you have no interest in. And there's like another little link that's like, you could just go to Ask Jeeves. Would you like to Ask Jeeves? <laughs> If they paid me, should like like, machine learning have fixed this by now? It is shocking that it's where they're like they nobody, nobody's have... clicking on results one through four. Maybe yeah. number five should be one. They don't have the good machine learning over there. That's all at Google. So Bing has like the cut rate. I thought machine, machine learning. learning was like a dime a dozen now. It, does it seems seem like even the dumb machines could figure out not to click on one through four. And Microsoft certainly has the money to pay somebody to. That's true. Yeah. Bing. Good. Is that who runs Bing? Yeah. How did you find out that Bing was? Gave you money for things. I don't know. Well, Bing Probably originally, this disappeared, and this was the best. <laughs> they used to give you money back when you bought stuff. If you bought through Bing Shopping, you would get a percentage back of what oh, you bought. Okay. So why would you not buy anything through Bing Shopping? But then they stopped doing that. I'm not sure how the points thing happened. but So yeah, I Bing every morning. And he Bings every morning. It's also... Gets up and just gets binging. Yeah. They have... I don't have Facebook... And so I feel like Bing is the way for me to know what the people are talking about. Oh. Because at the bottom of the Bing homepage, there's like 25 stories that idiots are talking about that day. And I now, wanna... why do you say idiots? Because it's the dumbest news ever. I mean, wait till, you, wait till I teach you my thing get, that I How learned. does the dumb news get on Bing? Because it's like not... I don't know. I wonder it's, if it's... Because there's no algorithm to stop the worst news from getting to it's the just, top? It's not dumb news. It's just me being judgmental about the things that people can you are open bing around. and we'll see what's on there yeah right now. yeah That's let's good... do that okay here's the news at the bottom we have daughter rebukes trump and it is a woman who is not trump's daughter <laughs> it's um, somebody's daughter we have letter causes outrage which is an older woman holding her hand out to the side as if she is inviting i guess outrage i don't know what she's inviting we have says stayed too long which <laughs> appears to be some guest from ellen but they're current news stories figure skater accused and there's two figure skaters who both look That sounds upset. juicy. Yeah, let's learn. What did uh, they get accused of? Should we go to figure of? skater yeah. accused? Okay. This is how you bang, guys. U.S. figure skater Maria Bell is accused of deliberately injuring South Korean rival Lim <laughs> Yoon Soo during a warm-up at the World Championships. This sounds like a redux of Tanya Harding and Nancy mm -hmm. Kerrigan, which was big news and inspired a feature film earlier this year, in case you were not aware. <laughs> Because you were checking Bing for your listings. Exactly. Yes. didn't see it. So the title of this segment, since this is the least useful podcast ever, is Peter teaches us something he learned on Bing. We just taught you something we learned on Bing. 
What else have you learned? You guys are going to love this. Who do you think is the biggest fan of bagpipe music in the world? Somebody who listens to it every day. Some Scottish person who I don't know. No, I think it's Michael Buble. (laughs) That'd be great. Um, Oh, what's his name? Lord Flatley of the dance? Michael Flatley. (laughs) Michael Flatley, Lord of the dance? It is actually the Queen of England who every morning listens to 15 minutes of bagpipe music (laughs) outside her window at nine o'clock. Wait. So it's not recordings of bagpipe music. No, it's music. A, she like, has a bagpiper who travels with her. Really? Anywhere she goes. Does he have to stand is, outside the window? I mean, I, I bet if it's cold, he doesn't. I, Bing didn't get that thorough. Is that, this some kind of like UK, like Scotland, like England relationship move? situation that they like have to maintain pleasantries so they don't get in a war or something? That, I don't know. <laughs> um, She's like, I started doing it because you know the queen, because well, queens of England and Scotland haven't always wait. Can we done so well we, with each other? Can right? we Bing biggest fan of bagpipe music in the world? Let's do it. Well, but that's not going to come up because I learned this in a Bing quiz. Hold on, you can Bing. try. No, but I just want to see what if, Bing's, a, wait, if Bing's a, results are accurate. What's queen a Bing of quiz? Come up. That's how you get points. You have to do a quiz. Well, so you get points on them by clicking. There's usually three or four things you can click, and they'll be like, "It's toasted cheese day," and then you look at that, and then you you close the window, and you got five points, or <laughs> What did you learn? I, sorry. I just binged the biggest fan of bagpipe music. And the first result is woman plays bagpipes for cows, in parentheses, her biggest fans. But now will you will you Google biggest fan of bagpipe music and just see? Let's see. I don't know that she's a fan. She's just the most consistent listener. Yeah. Okay. Biggest fan of bagpipe music. We have, okay, the video results are toddler plays along with bagpipe band, Dark Isle Piper, Battle of Sterling Bridge, Rory <laughs> McLeod, who I imagine is Scottish. We have what... People also ask, what is bagpipe music called? What is that rock song with the bagpipes? Why do they play bagpipes in Scotland? When did Scottish music start? Oh, I think Bing did a better job. I mean... Neither one is very accurate. Yeah. On Bing, we have top 10 songs with bagpipes in 2019. That's pretty good. (laughs) From (laughs) comparebagpipes.com. One shots, bagpipes in the woods. And then there we have six of the best dot, 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 bagpipe tunes. I feel like both uh, comparable. I would click on any of those bagpipe results from either carrier i think you guys are not excited enough about what i taught you i think you should teach us about something the queen else. or the points <laughs> both well if you do the points then i get a referral bonus so we should definitely talk <laughs> more about that can i say i think part of the reason the bing news seems stupid is the headlines yeah. they're like new york post headlines but without the funniness like Witticism? about the puns yeah right okay i do have one question about this queen bagpipe thing how many different bagpipers do you think she's had to use in her 93 years or whatever well, it is it's funny that you ask uh 11 <laughs> Bing told him that. Yeah, that's a good story. So, and she apparently one of the guys who retired said that the queen never wanted to hear the same thing twice. <laughs> Is there that much bagpipe music? I mean, you play whatever song you want, right? Taylor Swift. Oh. Sounds beautiful on a bagpipe. I don't think it does. I would listen. Would you? No. If I got points. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys should be binging. All right, get binging. Okay. It's game time. On testing table today, what? we saw an ad for Orange Vanilla Coke while saw a watching. Hundred ads. With how many ads? Like a hundred. No, so many ads. Yeah. yeah, we saw a million ads maybe <laughs> while watching March Madness in our conference room, and we saw a bunch of ads for Orange Vanilla Coke. Can I tell you guys about the odyssey I went on to Please find do. this Coke? Yeah. First of all, they have a where to find product section of the Coca Cola website, and I put in our zip code, which is in Manhattan, 10019. And it, everything was on 10th Avenue, which is not that close. That's like two Long Avenue blocks from here. Yeah. So I walked down there and I went to a CVS because it said they had it in the CVS on 10th Avenue. 
And I went in there and they had vanilla Coke. But that was the first place because I'd looked at another couple other places before looking it up online closer to our office. You've been on the prowl for a while. I'd been on the prowl. And then I went over there and they had vanilla Coke. And I was like, I'm advancing clearly in terms (laughs) of like Coke obscurity because here we are. I haven't seen vanilla Coke in a while. And they did not have orange vanilla Coke. So I went next door to a bodega. This is a very pro New York City bodega mm-hmm. experience I had because bodegas are, if you don't know, they're much smaller. They are run by families usually. And they like half the time don't accept credit cards unless you spend $15 or some sort of ridiculous. And they often have cats. And <laughs> I went in there and they had a ton of orange vanilla Coke. And the they, guy was very friendly. They and know I bought what some. people want. But because they have a credit card minimum, I bought like four of them. <laughs> so anyway, so let's try it, I guess. All right. Yeah. You're going to crack it I'll for pour. us? i Yeah. So it has an orange. I mean, I it really is like strange the color to of this label. You don't? I do. Like, yeah. I think it's nice. You think it's nice? Let's see if I can pick up a... Ooh. Oh, that's good. So this isn't... That's a, the good oh, stuff. It it's... smells heavily like a creamsicle. So did we decide we think they're not calling it creamsicle because it's of... It's probably copyrighted. Copyrighted, yeah. To, but we all know what this creamsicle is. Creamsicle Coke? Yeah. That's what a, okay, a what name. is an actual creamsicle? It's, it's uh, orange sherbet. Is it like an ice cream yeah, bar? Yeah, with vanilla in the middle. It's like an ice was, cream bar yeah. oh, okay. with vanilla in the middle. They're classical. really good. I actually really like creamsicles. I'm really? a long time, yeah. I don't think I've ever had one. Or an orange 50-50 well, bar. Well, that's not that weird. The orange dream? The orange-specific one, there's a brand that's just orange. Whoa. Ugh. That's wild. It doesn't really taste like anything. Mm-mm. It doesn't I like taste a lot like of Coke. sugar. I, it doesn't taste like Coke, but it tastes cotton candy. I'm giving that a negative review. Lord. It says 129% of your uh, sugars. For Wait, your, for the for day? day. Mm-hmm. I did also buy a cherry Dr. Pepper because I didn't know those were a thing. Oh, this. Wow, this has 140%. Uh, <laughs> okay, should we try the cherry Dr. Pepper just sure. for kicks? Do you guys like... Regular Coke, cherry Coke, vanilla Coke. Like, what are your baseline, Dr. Pepper? What are the baseline feelings Dr. Pepper is my favorite soda, which is why I bought this cherry one. I don't drink soda because I can't handle caffeine. It turns me into a complete maniac, so get excited for this afternoon. But if I can ever find caffeine-free Dr. Pepper, which is rare, I will buy it. This is delightful. I am all in on cherry Dr. Pepper. It tastes like kind of like cheer wine. Oh, I hate this deeply. Really? Yeah. It does taste like cheer wine. Cheer wine is the best soda. I, don't, I have no idea what that is. Cheer wine is a, you know, there's like regional sodas. Like in, I think in Massachusetts, they have Moxie. Oh, one of them. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Cactus even... Cooler in Southern California. Have you Wait, ever had what that? Is it? It's good. Cactus Cooler. Cactus Cooler? Yeah. What flavor is that? I think it has like a little bit of pineapple, but it's not just pineapple, but it's like fruity, tropical. Ooh, it's good. That sounds good. Hmm. Cheerwine is from North Carolina, and when I was a band kid back in the day, I did a summer band where I travel around the country on a bus in the summer. And we, whenever we got into North Carolina, somebody had to buy Cheerwine for the entire bus because everybody was obsessed with it. That's how I learned about it. Then I later lived in North Carolina, and it's delightful. It's like a reverse cherry Dr Pepper. It's like a Dr Pepper flavored cherry soda. Mm. Is my best description of Cheerwine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, you hate this? My tongue feels like a chemical now. Like I just. This oh. is very red. It's a very red drink. It's red. Yeah. Okay. So would we buy this? Would you buy either of these, Eleanor? No. Eleanor is so disgusted right now. I did enjoy the Coke, sort of, but I would never want to drink like a whole thing of it. Mm-hmm. Like this is the kind of thing where like if I was with a friend and they like had a whole bottle, I'd be like, hey, can I have a sip? Uh-huh. You okay. Know? 
Would you work? Do you currently drink like one Coke a year or any sort of like do you have yeah, a soda that I you like indulge in? I like Coke every now and then. I think what do they call it? like Mexican Coke when it's made yeah. with like actual sugar? That's really good um, with like in the glass bottle and like feels kind of fancy and like retro. Mm-hmm. I'm here for that. But because I was raised on like such a hippy dippy, like crunchy granola diet, like right. it just feels too chemically to drink like the whole thing. Yeah. OK, Kevin. I really like Coke. I almost never buy soda anymore. It's like kind of too sweet for me now. But I think Coke is like, I don't even know how people came up with that flavor. It's so good. Mm-hmm. The orange vanilla Coke is like, and it doesn't taste enough like Coke. And it also doesn't, not enough like orange soda. I tutor a seventh grader and he actually bought me a soda from the vending machine last time. Uh-huh. An orange Fanta, which I hadn't had in oh, so long. Fanta. And I was like, orange sodas are pretty good. I forgot they what are. these are like. But this is just two in between. So the orange, vanilla orange Coke, I can't. Yeah. yeah. It's also, it's too much to me. I feel like you can do orange vanilla or you can do Coke. Orange vanilla and Coke, it starts to get that like brown sort of flavor mm-hmm. where it's just like you mixed all the crayons together. Mm-hmm. And like instead of it being a good flavor, it just tastes like sweet and kind of like, like I feel yeah. like cotton candy is that same sort of thing. It just tastes like sweet flavors. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. It's just too much for my brain. But I do like this Cherry Dr. Pepper. The Cherry Dr. Pepper. I like Cherry Coke more and I like Cherry Coke a lot, but this is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I will buy it because I will turn into a complete maniac, but I will maybe slowly drink the rest of that bottle. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Uh, ringing endorsement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's our opinion of Vanilla Orange Coke. That's our show, y'all. The Most Useful Podcast Ever is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Brandcasters, Inc. at www.brandcastingu.com. We'd like to thank Bettina Warshaw and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes. And while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And if you want to read more about life hacks, projects, science, and technology, check out our website, popularmechanics.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the print and digital edition of Popular Mechanics magazine for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Thanks for listening.